It's Mel and Kel, and this is It's Called Culture. Ever heard of it? It's called No Frills. Ever heard of it? (laughs) Well, we have. We are a no frills type of culture. (laughs) We sure are no frills. We were looking for the right word to describe the topic of this episode today and like because we're talking about our culture in certain ways and we were trying to put a finger on what exactly it was and we were like is it like that we're practical is it that we choose function over beauty and aesthetics (laughs) yep (laughs) always function over beauty always and then we came up with the term no frills and we were like that's it nailed it (laughs) and kelly i think you pulled up the definition for no frills no frills means without necessary extras especially ones for decoration or additional comfort equals portuguese people (laughs) equals immigrant parents (laughs) we're gonna give you a few examples as our social media roundup because i posted a few reels or tiktoks you know wherever i posted them And people kind of were all about this life. (laughs) So I went to visit my parents over the 4th of July holiday. And my mom immediately grabs me when I got there. And she was like, you need to go and see what your dad did in this greenhouse. And so this greenhouse is just this outdoor area, I guess, living area that, that they have next to their fire pit. It's all bootleg homemade it's like I was on, say he built this greenhouse, right? He did. It's like on Cinda Blocks. I don't even know. <laughs> they had some patio furniture in there. They had a futon in there for many, many years. That was like a futon from like one of my uncle's like apartments when he moved out. Like he didn't have a place to store it. So like he put it in my parents' basement and then it ended up in this greenhouse as like it's not an outdoor futon. <laughs> but <laughs> so needless to say, I'm sure the futon was like it got wet and moldy and weird being out there. And so my mom's like, you got to go and see the the improvements that your dad made in the greenhouse. And I'm like, all right. And I went down there and I was like, what could he have done in here? And as soon as I opened the door, I was like, oh, my God, I knew he was going to do this. So I opened the door and he had put seats from my grandfather's minivan, like the back bench seats, two rows of bench seats from the minivan that he pulled Wait, out and put the in the one greenhouse. Night- Wait, the one that you picked me up in? Yes. Wait, he took that one apart already? (laughs) Well, so he rides around in a like a pickup truck. So he takes the back seats out. Oh, shit. So those back seats have just been sitting in the garage Mm -hmm. for like a long time. They weren't in the van. He wasn't using them for anything. And he decided what better use than to just use them as seating in his greenhouse. Again, function over beauty. I posted a video of that online and people ate it up. Mm -hmm. People were all about that life. They were just like, we love a sustainable king. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Your dad's so cute, too. They were just like, I love that he's reusing things instead of throwing them away. I I titled the post like immigrant zero waste policy because that's kind of what it is. It's like they won't throw anything away. Everything can be used for something else at some point in the future. And people just were like, we need more people like him in this world because 
immigrants are single-handedly fighting climate change <laughs> like it was like a whole vibe in the comments of these videos like i obviously made fun of him i gave him a hard time because i'm like well you can't put van seats in your screenhouse then we were like all hanging out out there over the course of a couple days for the fourth and everyone was sitting on the, the van seats they were the most comfortable ones that's even better it was actually really funny because like you're sitting there and you're sitting up and you're sitting so proper they're very comfortable but then you just like have this like desire to buckle up like <laughs> <laughs> sitting around playing cards and you're just like with your seatbelt on does it still have the seatbelt connected to it i think at least one uh, one or like, two of the seats do like if my- it was like I don't know if it's in the middle or the side or whatever. Okay. Uh, okay, came from the seat, so it's there. The whole buckle uh, is there. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Headrests, like the whole nine yards. I didn't even know, like, well, obviously I know that you can take the seats out, but like that's a lot of like fosa. And it's like it's like a full bench. Like my van, my minivan now is not like that. It's kind of like the seats come out differently. Like they're almost individual and then they're like really low to the ground it wouldn't be like a seat like you'd be like on the ground right right, you know what i mean right right, yeah but these like they're like like, bench yeah they're like up like a regular chair standalone bench two of them (laughs) beautiful it's perfect he's not throwing those out and so one of the comments i think it might have come through tiktok Someone was like, what I want to know is how those seats look so pristine because I had put that they came from my grandfather's minivan from 1999. Yeah. And they were like, those seats look like they're fucking brand new. Like, this is like the day that they were made. Like, why do they look like that? And I was like, well, you know, my grandfather didn't let me put my backpack <laughs> on them when he would pick me up from middle school. <laughs> if you listen to one of our episodes from way back. Mosa explains how that van is so clean. He would yell at me every day because I would come in with my backpack on, obviously, and I'd just come in and I'd sit. Mm, yeah, my backpack w- would still be on, and so my backpack is like between me and the back of the seat. Yeah, that's how he I would, would sit too. He would lose a shit. Socks <laughs> show. <laughs> You'd have to take the bag off and put it on the ground. Like you just wasn't allowed to touch the seat. So the seats are impeccable. They're in impeccable shape. They're quality people like our immigrants, man. (laughs) They know how to take care of their stuff. They're proud of their stuff. They know how to take care of it. The other thing that I caught him doing while I was there, and I posted a second video very shortly after the van seat video, we had a party, like we had like 30 people coming over it was a mostly immediate family everyone's running around like me my mom my husband we're all trying to like prep stuff for the party yeah and my husband comes in and he goes you need to go outside and see what your dad is doing and i was like what do you mean and he's like just just go out there you need to see it and i go out there and my dad has like five different coolers out there like <laughs> just old coolers every cooler he's ever owned like he doesn't have thrown a cooler away and he's sitting he's sitting on one upside down cooler and he has another cooler in front of him and he's rehinging it because the hinges broke and so he's literally sitting there with his like little power drill and he, i don't even know what it was that he was putting on it looked like backpack straps with like <laughs> eyelet holes in them or something and he was like drilling it into 
the cooler to make new hinges. <laughs> and I was like, I can't. I can't with this. That's incredible. <laughs> it's not a Yeti cooler that he's trying to salvage because he spent a lot of money on it. Like, no, this is, it's this like- was like a $5 cooler to begin with, you know? <laughs> but he, he, it's a good, perfectly good cooler. Why would I throw that away? He definitely gets his money worth out of the stuff he buys. <laughs> 20, 30 years from down the road, he is getting his money's worth. He saves parts from everything. I love it. Even if, let's say, that cooler broke and he wasn't able to salvage it in whatever way, like he would just, there would be like a cooler graveyard and he'd just put it in his basement somewhere <laughs> so that he could just like salvage it for parts to fix like another cooler. That's awesome that your basement's big enough so your father can have all these little areas in the basement for all this stuff. <laughs> One corner is like the coolers. Another corner is the bikes. The walls are <laughs> no, closing <one's> in <laughs> on him. <laughs> well, so the day that you ever have to go through that house. <laughs> My husband says it every time he goes over there. He goes, when you guys die, I'm selling this house as is with everything included in it. Just call 1-800-JUNK and have him just come take everything. <laughs> it's too much. And it's like oh, stuff man. that is like actual junk. So I'm like, like, I know that there's stuff that my dad saves for reuse, but then there's stuff that like, I'll just walk in there and I'll be like, dad, this is a literal box of rusty grill grates. When his grill, he leaves his grill outside all year long. Yeah. And then like when it rusts <laughs> out, like fully rusted out, like not salvageable holes in the grill grate. And it's like, they're saved in a box downstairs. Like, what are you going to do with that? You never know. <laughs> you never know. Our listeners were responding to these videos and like one of them specifically on rehinging the cooler responded and they were like, oh my God, my parents rehinge their coolers all the time and I just died because that's like such a specific niche item. That's like very right. specific to do to be like. My Portuguese immigrant parents rehinged their cooler. <laughs> and then someone else reached out and they were kind of going through like the yard stuff. They were actually sending me pictures and DMs. It was really uh, nice. They sent pictures of like, here's all my dad's homemade hose, like garden hose. <laughs> and I just died because my dad everything he has is quote homemade you know right. what I mean? like yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. okay yeah like the whole head piece is it's from like another one it's from another hoe yeah, yeah and then yeah, like, yeah, he yeah. found a different stick and he's like putting <laughs> them together you know what i mean like, he makes them longer you know like he just yep. you know, puts a bigger stick in there and like i don't even know they just macgyver their way out of everything <laughs> That's what I literally call him. Like, they're MacGyver's. She sent me pictures of homemade fire pits, which mm-hmm. I died because I looked at it and I was like, this is, she. they had two homemade fire pits that she sent me pictures of. And I'm like, this is exactly like my dad's homemade <laughs> fire pit where he just like built up a bunch of cinder blocks, put, a, put one of his rusty grill grates <laughs> on it. He put some brackets on the outside of it and he put like this random ass slab of like (laughs) tile or something marble (laughs) i don't know like to make like a little bar right 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 so speaking of changing out the handles on the homemade fire pit that my dad made 
all of his normal grilling utensils for like his regular grill like they were like too short like because now he has this like massive fire pit and he can't just be like standing that close with his little small spatulas and shit so he rehandled all of those like he put like new long handles on this so he's got like a little spatula and then it's like <laughs> handle that's like six feet long and he's like grilling from like the nosebleeds into his fire of course pit. he did <laughs> What would like an outcast coming to a family party would think of all this? What do you mean like, by an outcast? Like, okay, say if you're bringing your husband home for the first time. Well, your husband's not your husband; he's your boyfriend. You're bringing him to you're bringing him home to meet the family for the first time. <laughs> you're acting like this didn't happen. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know. Like, what would they say with all this? Going into the screenhouse and seeing the van seats. <laughs> the word I used, this is, I don't know if this is an offensive term or not. I don't know if this is, the word I used with my dad, I was like, this is very hillbilly. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's offensive either, but yeah. Yeah. It just felt very, like, hillbilly. <laughs> And they don't get insulted by that. My dad was in all his freaking glory, especially when I started reading him the TikTok comments where like oh. people were like gassing him up. Yeah. He, he started on his soapbox of like, see, you guys just, you guys want to make fun, but you know, you want to say you're recycling, but just recycling is not just putting the cans in the bin out at the street. You don't even know where that goes. He's like, <laughs> recycling is finding another purpose for something you already have and you recycle it right here at home. That's recycling. And he was like, soap box. Preach. Yeah. I mean, he's not wrong. I mean, no, he's, he's not, not wrong. He's not. I wish he could do it by hoarding less shit, but yeah. That he's not wrong, but he's gonna hoard less. He he dances like on the line between this is effective recycling process and <laughs> this is a hoarding. If there is, like, officially, if there's no use for an item, he needs to get rid of it. Like, if if that item is done, it's barbecued, it's burnt, there's a hole in it, <laughs> it's time to chuck it. He won't chuck it. So, speaking of my parents' basement, this was not something that they had in their current house. But I have relatives that had this, and I know this is a thing. Mm -hmm. This brings us to our culture topic. It's a little bit multifaceted, but one of the things is like basement kitchens. Yes, a whole kitchen in your basement. <laughs> whole separate kitchen in your basement. <laughs> one of my grandmothers had this in the States at her house, in her apartment. Mm -hmm. The whole basement is unfinished. It's a regular like tenement house basement. But there's one room in it that is a fully furnished kitchen. So my parents' house, it was the same situation. They have their they have their whole upstairs like kitchen, living room, all that stuff, the bedrooms, whatever. And the downstairs was an unfinished basement. While it was unfinished, my dad built a kitchen in the corner for my mom, and it was only gonna be used for when she made fish, just <laughs> fish only. 
And then eventually when they redid the whole upstairs, downstairs house, he finished the whole basement completely. And it's like a whole mini apartment now with still it's the same kit with the whole kitchen set up, but a little bit bigger than what she had originally downstairs. But yeah, gonna throw in another apartment down there. <laughs> the fish only is hysterical to me because it's you built a whole separate kitchen just to cook fish in. It's funny, though, because my husband won't let me cook fish in the house anymore. He's like, I'll only do fish if it's like on the grill or something outside. But like he won't. He's like, we can't do fish in the house anymore. It stinks up the house. Yeah. Yeah. Stinks up the house. So like we just don't really cook fish at home that much. I would go to school smelling like fish. It would be crazy. Which I still didn't understand. My mom would make fish downstairs in the basement. But like somehow it still would travel upstairs, I guess. And then my clothes, <laughs> even clothes I wasn't even wearing, I would go to school and I would get like a, I would whiff and I'm like, I fucking smell a little bit of fish on here. Sometimes it was fish. Sometimes it was sabulish. Like it was. Oh, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lots of sabulish going Same. on. And I didn't know what the smell was. It would just like. I was like, wow, it smells like everywhere in the school. And then I realized it was like my backpack. <laughs> I was absorbing all the odor. I was nose blind to it. Yes. I had this, um, I think like my freshman year, I had like this Indian girl. Her lock was on the side of me. Super nice girl. And she kind of smelled too. And I like would be like, me and you both smell like a food. <laughs> Like poor thing, like it's like they threw the two of us the <laughs> in the corner. corner. <laughs> yeah, so the basement kitchens. <laughs> so the the thing that made me want to talk about this was I was watching old home videos that I've digitized, mm. and there was this one video, and it's just this random ass clip. Like it's not a holiday function of any kind. It's just bunch of us are in my grandmother's basement kitchen and somebody decided they were going to bring the full last video camera out Aww. and they're video recording my grandmother cooking in the basement kitchen and what i saw in this video which is what i originally wanted to talk about for this segment was her entire top of her stove was fully encased in foil paper mm-hmm. yep i love that I saw it and I immediately paused the video and I think my dad happened to be with me when I was watching it and I was like, dad, what is this? You need to tell me right now. Why does Mavo have all this foil paper on the thing? And he's like, oh, remember my mom used to put all the prata? And I'm like, I think it was for like cleaning or grease. My mom still does it now and she says it's for the for any grease to not get on the stove. So I don't know if it's because like they just finished cleaning it and they don't want to get grease on it. It just seems like a lot of work. Like, are they foiling it to cook this one meal and then unfoiling the whole stove? Or does that just like stay on as like a permanent feature? I think it I think it's just for that one meal because I don't have they don't have foil on there now. So I think it depends. I I wonder if it depends on the meal. All I remember is that my grandmother used to make me foil paper balls to play with. (laughs) <laughs> and she used to stuff the inside of them with paper towels. Yeah. 
And then she would put the foil paper around on the outside of the ball. And then she told me that she did that because papel prata was expensive. <laughs> it was too expensive to make a solid ball of foil paper. That's why she had to stuff it. With paper towels. With paper towels, because that was a cheaper alternative. But she's out here using a whole roll to cover her stove. <laughs> I see where her priorities were. <laughs> yeah, keeping her stove clean, yes. <laughs> no frills for the children. None. They would go up. Even, you know, like how the stove has you where like the knobs are in the back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that little like backsplash with the knobs. The foil paper would go up that thing too <laughs> in the back. Yes. And it would cover the whole thing and it would go like under the grates of the. Yeah. Yeah. It was minus like the one that they're using. Right. So that was a thought of mine. I was like, how do they just foil paper in there and the burner and not catch yeah. everything on fire? <laughs> Oh, definitely when she does it again, I'm going to take it in a picture and we can compare them too. So I just saw a TikTok video. We started talking about this like a couple of days ago and we were like, oh, we have to put this on our next episode. And then immediately I saw a TikTok video get posted by Tommy Bracco. He was a Big Brother contestant a few years ago. He's Italian. He was showing a picture of his mom making chicken cutlets and she had foil paper all over the entire stove. And he was like, does anybody else's parents do this? Like, what the hell is this? It has hundreds, thousands, I don't know, of comments. And everyone's like, oh, my God, that's such a good idea. I'm going to do that now. Like, it's like this, like, new trend. Like, it's like popular <laughs> with, like, the youngins because they saw it on TikTok now. And I'm dying because it's like, that's a Vavo thing. <laughs> yeah, it is. But his mom in this video, she just had like the foil paper. It was covering the whole stove, but it was just like the sheets would just lay in there like willy nilly. Like they were not like tucked in. Like my grandmother's was like meticulously like it was Mm. all like it looked like the stove top came as foil paper. Right. Like a stainless foil stove. (laughs) Right. Like she folded that and covered everything like around the knobs. It was all like shaped like the stove was in perfect condition. Like this woman just had like she just laid, laid out laid sheets on top like that were just laying there flapping in the wind. Mm. I would think now people would think that's a waste to do now. People were not thinking it was a waste in the comments. Right. They were like, this is genius. This is the, the most e- genius thing I've ever seen. <laughs> With the economy, I guess people don't care. <laughs> Seriously, what's a what's a Reynolds wrap go for nowadays? At least eight bucks. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I also feel like they always use a gas stove. I don't know anyone that has an electric stove. You'd have to fry the gas stove out of their cold dead hands. <laughs> like you are not getting an electric stove into Laveau's house. I'm trying to think of everyone that I family wise and stuff. And I know zero electric stoves. I don't know that I've ever specifically had this conversation with my grandmother, but for some reason I can hear her in my brain being like, a comida fit new loom. Like I can hear her saying that. Say it to you. Yeah. Yeah. I always grew up knowing that gas stoves are better to cook with. I don't know if there's if that theory is really true or not. Well, from their perspective, I mean, they grew up like having to build an actual fire to cook. <laughs> Wood. <laughs> with wood on their counter inside their house so 
you know, like the fire is what they know. Like they know how to cook <laughs> with the flames. They don't know how to cook on like a f- electric stove top. They, they don't know electric. They don't know electricity for thing. They did it. They really no, did it. They did it. But I also feel like they would just run their hands through the fire. Like they would just like stick mm. their hands in the flame and be like to check if it's hot enough. Like what's the temperature? Like I'm not going to look at the knob that says medium. I'm just yeah. going to feel it out with my leather hands. One of my babysitters, the one I used to go to all the time, like in the summer, she would use a match to light her stove to light like one of the, I would call it a cabissa, right? I don't know. <laughs> one of the, that's what my mom used to say, the cabissa. She would use one of her a match to light one of those. And, or like, um, if another one, if another cabissa was on, she would get like a little paper towel, light it up to light up the other one. And she would just take her hand and just like, Smash the fire in her hands. She like didn't care. <laughs> They're so unfazed by things like that, like heat on their hands. They'll just stick their hand in like a, a hot oil pan just to be like, oh, I'm just gonna t- test if it's hot enough. It's so true. It's so true. I'm just thinking of my mom, like the amount of burns my mom has on her hands. <laughs> And she'll show me, she'll be like, oh, look what mommy got. I was making blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, Jesus (laughs) Christ. My Vavo always has burns, one of them. But then I watch her in the kitchen and I'm like, well, yeah, (laughs) of course you have burns. Look what you're doing. Like, she'll just be like elbow deep in a panela soup. I'm like, of course you have a burn. So true. Oh, my God. It's so true. My mom is so many on her poor thing. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god immigrant women actually men too they have leather hands too the men my mom's got more burn marks on hers <laughs> my dad doesn't <laughs> do much at the cooking <laughs> all right i'm always looking for a good segue so to get into our nostalgia segment you know what would cause a burn on your hand <laughs> smoking cigarettes yep smoking some seagulls <laughs> This is another one brought to you by my digitized home videos because I was watching a video of my parents' wedding and I was immediately struck by the fact that they're in the Venus de Milo venue inside in the restaurant, all sitting down at their little tables at the wedding and they were all smoking cigarettes. What a time. What a time to be alive smoking cigs. <laughs> I'm watching this video and my mom's just like concerned about like, oh, look, that's your Tia. That's this person. That's that person. I'm like, they're all smoking cigarettes <laughs> at the Venus de Milo. <laughs> Holy crap. Like you used to be able to smoke indoors. And we're definitely old enough to remember that. Like I remember going to restaurants mm. where it was you got there. You'd be like six people. They'd be like smoking or not. That was the first question. <laughs> non-smoking thank you You say non-smoking and you're in the booth adjacent to the smoking booth and you're like what the fuck is this there'd be no point really no point in the sections and i don't think i was like young young either so like i feel like i was like old enough to know what was going on when there was still smoking sections in restaurants yeah same so i remember that but i was still just taken so aback by watching this video of everybody smoking at this wedding like ashtrays on the table, like next to the centipedes. <laughs> the centipedes is an ashtray. It's just like a giant ashtray with little crystals. 
<laughs> those little dangly crystals hanging off of it. <laughs> oh, and like everyone smoked back then too. Like everyone did, like men, women, like children, children. <laughs> everyone smoked back then. Pregnant women, like there was like it was like it was cool to smoke. They didn't know the harms of it. They didn't know like pregnant women didn't know the harms of smoking it while they were pregnant. It was just it was cool to smoke. <laughs> I just couldn't imagine a less appealing moment for like a bride. Like you're oh. all done up. You're like the best you've ever looked. You're in your white gown that you overpaid for your hair and makeup are done. The DJ calls you in. They open up those doors to the venue and it's just like a puff of cigarette smoke comes out at you. Oh, and my you're just, God. You're dancing through the cigarette smoke out to the dance floor. <laughs> Can you imagine? I like when I get like a whiff of someone's like like a secondhand situation if I'm like walking and someone's smoking I can't stand that so I can't imagine if I got married and everyone at the table was smoking like that's why they probably had to go through all that like expensive wedding dress preservation because it was just like full of tobacco oh it's like all yellowed out from the tobacco oh it's so gross so gross yeah you could smoke pretty much whatever we said restaurants when I, I think of airplanes, because I always think about the movie that we like, airplane, because don't they smoke in the movie, too? They were doing a lot in that airplane. <laughs> so those are always like the two places I think of when like smoking back in the day, airplanes and restaurants. The airplane one is wild to me because that is so confined. That is such a confined space to be smoking in. <laughs> and didn't you tell me that they had smoking and non-smoking sections on the airplane they did yep so like i think i said like in the 70s they were signed to do like non-smoking and smoking section like somewhere at some point in the 90s is when they like got rid of smoking altogether. so you would ask for a non-smoking seat when you were booking a ticket like or a non-smoking section <laughs> I'm just thinking of the fact that when I'm on an airplane, I can smell a fart from like four rows back. A fart if someone burps, if like someone takes their shoes off and it smells like it's just you're so confined. So whiffs and wafts of different smells like coming through. B.O. You just you turn the little nozzle for the airflow above you and you're just getting it right in the face. (laughs) Now, like traveling now, like you can't have certain things, right? Like we have to have liquids and all that. Certain amount of bottles in our suitcase. Lighters, okay. <laughs> I'm like, wait, a lighter is okay to take with you? A wild time. That's all I can think about. It doesn't even make sense. And it makes me think of COVID because I get these flashbacks to the fact that they were like, oh, there's all these rules. Like you can't be in a restaurant with people. So then, like, all the restaurants just went and built, like, plastic restaurants outside on the sidewalk. Right. And, like, closed them all in with no airflow. And they were like, but this is okay. (laughs) You can't be in there where we actually have a filtration system, but. Yeah, it's true. It's a good point. Out in the enclosed balloon outside. (laughs) You're good. You're good. Yeah, that's so true. (laughs) 
It's like it would be like pulling up to a restaurant <laughs> and then being like, would you like the COVID section or non-COVID section? <laughs> oh, it's my gosh. Take whatever's available. <laughs> yeah, first available. <laughs> oh, I guess I'll be out of commission for like uh, 14 days, but it's worth it. I need a sandwich. <laughs> I also feel like planes in general back in that time frame, like in the 70s or 60s or whenever the hell it was, I feel like it was a whole different vibe on planes. I feel like they were like walking around like they were just living the <laughs> life, playing dominoes, smoking cigarettes, like just it was like an event. If you were if you were taking a flight, you were wearing heels, you were in pearls. I swear to God, I saw a picture of an old flight and it had like they had a cribs in there where you could put your baby in. Like a full oh, crib. Sh- Very spacious Probably. situation. Yeah. Before the airlines started being like, no, we got to crack this down and stuff them in here like sardines so we can make more money. <laughs> and they probably weren't so psycho too with the rules as they are now. Like everything, like when you're flying, your seat has to be upright. You need to be seated at all times. You have to wait to get up to, get up to the bathroom when the light goes off with a seatbelt. <laughs> It was like a free-for-all, I'm sure, back then. It was giving me real, like, potty bus vibes. (laughs) The pictures that I saw. They might have been made up. I'm not quite sure if I could replicate them. But in my mind, it was a potty bus. I feel like like, like the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, and the 80s (laughs) were the time to, like, be living. Those people are now paying the price, um, (laughs) let me tell you. They are paying the price. <laughs> they did all the drugs that they could. They had no, they had no idea what any of these drugs would do to them. <laughs> they had zero fears. That was the best time to live if you having if you suffer from anxiety today. <laughs> what you don't know can't hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So when I was going down a rabbit hole of just like smoking and stuff like in the eighties and seventies, I. Uh, I found out too that like apparently people could smoke in hospitals, like patients could smoke in their rooms. <laughs> I'm like, what a fucking freaking wild time. <laughs> like you're just smoking a cig and like a doctor comes in to give you your results. I can only imagine too that like some of those patients were in there for like lung or respiratory related things. Probably, right? And they're in there smoking cigarettes while the doctor's <laughs> like, you have pneumonia. And he's just like, what? And I love like an old person with like a raspy voice from smoking. Like an old like woman that works at a diner. You know, like you ever hear in the movies, she's like super tanned and wrinkled from being in the beach all day. And she works at the diner and she's got like a raspy voice because she just smoked her whole life. And she's got like long yellow nails. <laughs> You like that? I love when I see like that type of lady in the movie. I'm like, yeah. So do you remember when we went out to the cigar bar that one time? Yeah. Was it somebody like that? No, I was the diner lady. The next day, (laughs) I was the diner lady. I went to Newport Creamery and I was talking in the raspy voice and I smelled like a carton of cigarettes. Just from being in the presence of the cigar bar. Yes, you were. You were the diner lady. 
I couldn't talk for like a week. <laughs> That's right. Holy crap. Yeah. Yep. You were the diner lady. So now I wonder if cigars down the road, like in like 30, 40 years, will like cigar rooms be like canceled like cigarettes are now? Like now you can't smoke indoors with cigarettes. But they have yeah, these, like, so why can rooms. you smoke cigars? Right. They're just as bad. Weird. So one place that you could smoke that fucking uh, threw me all, all off was in schools. <laughs> they had designated smoking areas for students. And like teachers could smoke inside. Like they lounge room, like teachers lounge rooms. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> there was just like no rules. No rules. I wonder if there was like an age. Because what do you have to be 18 to buy cigarettes? Yeah, today you do. Like, yeah, in today's world, yeah. Do you know what but I'm trying like, to say though? But like once you're 18, like you're not really in school anymore necessarily. For them to say that students were smoking, they has to be less than 18 years old. I mean, I always hear those stories of like people mostly maybe like Gen X. They will recount stories from their childhood of like their parents sending them with like a few bucks to the store to go buy cigarettes for them. And they would be oh, like, yeah. they'd be like six years old and they'd go to the store to buy cigarettes for their parents. Yeah, my mom sent me to get the cigarettes and they would sell it to them. That's so funny. It's like you sending your daughter today to go get you cigarettes. Nuka. <laughs> and it was like safe to do that, to send your kid. The thought of sending my six-year-old to the corner store to go and purchase something on her own and return back to me. Never. Never. <laughs> never. Oh, my God. She's not ready for that emotionally. <laughs> no, no, no. So another location that I found that you could smoke cigarettes back in the day were department stores. And I found it funny because remember, you used to work at JCPenney. <laughs> So you could smoke in department stores, and I guess there was like a big fire. I forgot where it said the store was, but there was a big fire in 1980 where a department store caught on fire because of smokers. So that's when smoking stopped happening in stores. I don't like. I was as I was reading that, I'm like, oh, we'll see. So we get JC Penny. <laughs> How funny so, it would be like she's just showing somebody a comforter and like they're just puffing away on a cigarette. So why was your first thought that I used to work at JCPenney and not that you used to work at Sears? That's awesome. <laughs> I don't know. I was always in the hardware department at Sears. I don't think I, I knew that you were in hardware. I didn't mind because <laughs> it was all men that would come in. You put in a college girl in the hardware department? Okay. I need to hear more about this in, a, <laughs> in another episode. Don't ask me to measure a damn thing, but yeah, I'll show you. I'll show you what the tape measure is. Uh. Would they ask you questions about stuff? Yeah. And what would that you say? Okay. So there was always like I was the cashier and then there was always two guys working um, on shift. So they would they would be the ones that actually help customers because they would get the commission. But occasionally, like if they were on break and someone come came to me and like needed help i would have to help them so i learned like a little bit of stuff like i knew some stuff from just hearing the guys talk but yeah most of the time i'm like uh i knew a lot about shop racks 
craftsman shop bags. <laughs> the craftsman warranty where they can replace your um if your tape measure breaks that you get a free one because it's like a warranty, like a lifetime warranty. We need to stop right here. <laughs> we need to stop right here because that was a Portuguese person's fucking dream. My dad and the craftsman warranty. Are you kidding me? My grandfather yeah. would be bringing tools back like 40 years later to Sears to go get them fucking replaced. Yep. I'm just like, oh, okay. I'll, I would go get the other item, go give it to them, do it on the computer, and they would take it. <laughs> I feel like we're going to have to talk a little bit more about this off offline oh, because man. I don't remember you being in the hardware. And that just is really funny to me. <laughs> There was always Portuguese people that would come in to JCPenney. And the second that they found out that I spoke Portuguese, it was like, it was like this like weight was lifted off their shoulders and they they would give me their entire, they'd start talking to me about their fucking bunions on their feet. And I'm like, what are we doing here? So do you know, I can appreciate that because you know that even till this day, when my parents go off on their own and like they go shopping on their own. I get, I have this thing where I get worried that like someone's going to be super rude to my parents because they speak Portuguese and they don't speak English. So I always have like, so like if I know my mom goes to TJ Maxx, you know, obviously if I'm always like, I hope that like whoever helps my mom is nice. Like I always get worried that she's going to have like a bad situation at like TJ Maxx and someone's like rude, like the cashier is like rude to her because she doesn't speak English. So <laughs> I find so much comfort in that one that like, Portuguese people would come into JCPenney for you. I didn't have to know them, but right. it, felt, it felt like you knew them. Just yeah. the second you started talking Portuguese, it was like, okay, this is like Matia. <laughs> yes, yes. So for our mental health segment, we're going to kind of tie this all together a little bit here. We talked about having like a basement kitchen. A lot of times I would see that in houses that were like a split level. Like you walk in the front door, a set of stairs going up, set of stairs going down. The upstairs was like all just for show. And then the downstairs was like where they actually lived. Yeah. yeah a yeah. lot of split level houses like that had that set up. Fancy parlor upstairs. Nobody sits in that living room. Everybody just lives downstairs. <laughs> Those are like ranches, right? Or something like that. Oh, like a raised ranch. Raised that ranch, yes, that's what it is. Yeah, the upstairs and downstairs split. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is yep, it a split yep. level? Raised ranch, is that the same thing? I don't know. I think so. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like you yeah. go in the front door and there's <laughs> half a stairs up, half Absolutely. a stairs down. <laughs> you got to decide where you want to go as soon as you walk in. Yeah, and the whole upstairs is like a museum that you can't touch anything. That's what I always call it. It's the museum. And so you were turning this into a mental health segment because you were talking about the fact that there was this mentality of like stuff you can't use and like yeah. not being able to use your stuff and just having this stuff that was just there it was for show it was like you're saving it for something but that thing never comes yeah you're saving quote unquote saving it for later and it's like when is later or what is later what are you waiting for the concept of like just use your shit yeah Enjoy your life, live your life, use your stuff. My mom's a big save it for later use. So any type of gifts that me or my brother have given her in the past, she'll be like, oh, you know, so beautiful. Thank you so much. Mommy loves it. And she'll like 
oh, but I'm not going to use it right now. I'm going to wait. And it's like, what are you waiting for? Like, my mom has candles that are like 20 years old because she won't light them. (laughs) It smells really nice. I'm not going to be able to find this candle ever again. So I'm not going to light it right now. And now it's been 20 years and that candle probably doesn't smell good anymore. (laughs) That's so sad. And she's got clothes. She's got blankets. She she suffers. She truly suffers from this is to save it for later. Oh, I'm going to save it. So like if you or your brother want it one day and it's like, why would I want it? Like I got that for you as a gift. Like you use it. Right. That's yeah. super sad to me. Her closet's like a, a showcase <laughs> of things that she doesn't use. <laughs> Comforters, everything like that. I feel like they do that a lot of times with like the dress they're going to wear to the funeral. <laughs> like the what they want to be buried in. Yeah. Like they get like yeah. this like really nice outfit and they will never use it during their life. And that's like, that's just for the, that's for the burial. That's for the kashot. Which that's so morbid. Like use it now. You know what I mean? Right. Like, don't you want to be buried in like, oh, this was her favorite dress and she's buried yeah. in it. Not like some dress she never put on. <laughs> We've never seen her in that thing. What is that? exactly it drives me nuts i definitely don't live by this concept i'm married if i buy something i'm gonna wear it even maybe that's even maybe the same day it comes in the mail from amazon i'm gonna wear it or i'm wearing it for the week after or i'm usually buying something for amazon to wear to somewhere so i definitely do not live this way that like my mom does it just breaks my heart that my mom that's like her mentality like she wants to save everything for me and my brother that's what she constantly always says i'm going to save this so if you are if you want to use it or your brother wants to use it if you guys ever have kids they can use this and it's like uh, i don't need your 20 candles you know what I mean? that, like, that have lost their smell because it's so old <laughs> i'm not one to like spend a lot of money on maybe like a handbag clothes so I get like if you're spending a lot of money in those type of items and you don't use them all the time, that I get. But I'm not spending a whole lot of money on stuff that I wear. Even if you spend a lot of money on something, it's almost like you're gonna spend yeah, a lot you're... of money and then put it in the closet and use it once. True. Like that's kind of messed up too. Yeah, you know true, I mean? true. Yeah. It's kind of giving me the vibes of like, you know, when you get like a brand new car and you're like mm-hmm. super like obsessed and like nervous about everything about it and like everything has to be perfect and like you can't have a scratch or like one hair out of place in the car but then like once it gets its first issue like you you get like one little scratch on it and it's like who the fuck is like (laughs) it like opens the floodgates to just like now i'm just gonna scrape this against every (laughs) garage i turn into it's game over (laughs) do you know what i mean it's like yeah yeah it's so preserved Yep. And then, but like once something happens to it, you're just like, oh, I guess she's gone now. <laughs> and you just kind of let it go. You don't care anymore about the scratches. Yeah, it's so true. Because I think I did that with like my car. I was so like, and then I have a freaking old scratch on the, what is it, like the rim of the, on the car from like a sidewalk. And that was it. Now I'm like, oh, I guess I don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> it's like breaking the seal for the first yeah. time, like when you go to the bathroom. <laughs> you just broke the seal for the car yep it's so true same thing like when you buy your phone you buy a new iphone you buy a case store and you're all like but then like 
You drop it once and crack the screen. <laughs> can only preserve things for so long. Well, I'll tell you exactly how long you can preserve things for because one of the things that I suffered from this affliction as a child was with stickers. I was obsessed with stickers and collecting stickers. And and the t- at the time, I don't even know where I was getting these stickers. Like these stickers would come in the mail. Like I was on like a mailing list with stickers. <laughs> And they would come like full sheets of stickers, like eight and a half by 11 pages of stickers. Like they would be like all these different things. It'd be like a hundred stickers on this page. And it would, they would say like, wow, super. And there was like Halloween stickers and there was like yeah. monsters and whatever. All different kinds of stickers. I never used a fucking sticker. Oh, that breaks my heart. I never used a sticker. I had, I would just collect all these stickers and sticker sheets and pages. And I'd have like a book where like, I just keep all them, but like I would never peel it off of the 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 sheet, the sheet. And I would just love all these stickers. And I remember them so fondly because I would spend hours. I was an only child. I would spend (laughs) hours just looking at my stickers. (laughs) And I found them at my mom's house one day. She was taking care of my daughter and my daughter comes up running up to me and she's like, look what Nana gave me. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> these are my stickers. <laughs> she, was, she had used like half of them by the time <laughs> I got to her. I was like, oh, my God, I didn't use a single sticker. And now my kid is out here just <laughs> not a care in the world. She's just savagely ripping up stickers right off this <laughs> thing. And I'm like, oh, my God, not the Thanksgiving one. <laughs> oh that breaks my heart because little you did not get to enjoy them isn't that sad like i probably need yeah. to go to a therapist <laughs> that's so sad see you were saving it for later for your kids just like my mom that's what i'm saying yeah i didn't know that that's what i was doing <laughs> at the time and i don't think eight-year-old me was like maybe when i have a daughter I should, <laughs> she's gonna tear through these stickers Oh, little Melissa, we need to send you some stickers. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like I was like that as a kid. Mm. I don't necessarily feel like I'm like that now. I think as a kid, though, there's something about that like scarcity mindset where like you don't have the means to buy something for yourself. Mm. So if I use a sticker, I don't know when the next sticker mailing list is coming in the mail, you know? (laughs) I don't know. Right, right. So, like, now as an adult, you kind of, like, you're in charge of your own self and your life yeah. and your finances. And you know, like, what you can afford and what you can't. And so you can kind of rationalize that in your head. Mm. I can use this candle because I'll just buy another one when it runs out. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Yeah. Versus, like, the I guess from a child's mind to me, it was like a scarcity thing. Like, I don't have the means to buy more of whatever it is, so I'm not going to use it. Right, right. I don't want to use it up. Yeah. And that was probably a little bit of my mom's mind, too, of it. Like, especially back in the day when, like, her and my dad were, like, working. They were struggling, you know. Like, they were all struggling like they all were. So she wasn't going to light all of her five candles in her house. <laughs> she just doesn't get out. Like, she's still just to this day. You can't get herself out of that i think that mindset yeah that's sad because they've like retained that scarcity and that's why i think a lot of my parents 
hoarding hoarding stuff is it's looks that scarcity mindset yeah that they're just it's embedded it was in them for so long like they just can't get out of that what if we need this what if we Mm -hmm. need this i think because i lacked a lot of stuff when i was a kid or i i I don't want to say i lacked in a lot of stuff but I didn't get like a lot of the fun toys or I had to share it with my brother. I had to share a TV with my brother. So there were shows that I didn't get to watch. And now that I'm older and I can control my own stuff, like you said, I'm all just like, yeah, if you buy it, wear it. If you buy a candle, light it up. If you buy a new phone, whatever, you know, like I'm just, I'm all about it. <laughs> I'm like, you live once. Yeah, I mean, it's all about like striking a balance too. I think it's not like you don't want to just be like using stuff so much that you're like just using stuff in excess, but like also don't just sit on it. Yeah, definitely not. I think it also circles back to the conversation we had about like upstairs and downstairs in the house because the upstairs was preserved. You didn't use it, saving it for later saving it for guests right mm, yep. and there was an article that you had found specifically talking about portuguese immigrants and how they have that two-story living with the museum up top and the basement living and it talked about why they do that and it was just that like they needed to show their success in the new world that they immigrated to and that was shown by the upstairs that you saved and preserved and didn't live in and then downstairs you could go live your life and be a hooligan (laughs) be a hooligan family down there and then that would retain the upstairs as like your finest and best that you could afford to show everyone that you're doing so well in the new world yeah and that's that's super sad to me that they had to feel like they were like putting on appearances for people and then in doing so they were not using their own shit their nicest shit yeah yeah, I had for many years of my childhood. That was that was my childhood. We couldn't use our upstairs bathroom because I had a jacuzzi, so no one was allowed to use it. So it always stayed clean. Couldn't use our kitchen upstairs. Couldn't use the living room upstairs. No one could sit on those couches. <laughs> like all the fine china in the mm. the hut. Oh, like the hutch. You can't use that. Yeah, only like like you said, like only if it's like a guest. But it just drives me crazy because they spent all this money on this shit. And then they're using like the cheap shit. Mm. Well, I guess kind of like my just my mindset just now is like, yeah, buy yourself that expensive bag. And if you use it once in a while, that's fine. Like you should want to use it all the time. <laughs> but I still have that mindset. Like oh, if I'm buying something expensive, maybe I won't be using it all the time either. But like, oh, I know. I know. It's like a, oh, what a waste. You... What a waste. I know. Because, like, my mom, so back in the day, I don't feel like there's a lot of places now, but back in the day, my mom used to buy all of her furniture from, like, these, like, Portuguese furniture places. So they were hefty furniture. Like, look at them. You can't tell. They were, like, they weren't definitely not cheap. They were heavy. They sturdy. (laughs) My mom, like, that's, like, my mom's bedroom right now is still that furniture the living room still that furniture so it's like it's it's decent it just it's just really heavy my and my mom's mind would be like i won't be able to get that again so you we can't like you can't ruin it like you can't ruin those couches because she can't get those couches again probably everything you buy now is like lesser quality 
than what it would have been. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. And it's just more money now, too. This is upsetting. We're going to have to end this episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm getting upset. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We will see you next week. Don't forget to follow us on our Instagram underscore it's called culture or our TikTok account at it's called culture. And leave us a rating and a review, guys. Subscribe to our YouTube at Folk and Fad, F-O-L-K-A-N-D-F-A-D. We post full video versions of all of our episodes on there as well.